Me, me. If you heard that Liz singing at the beginning of this episode, you were in for a treat. Thank you for returning to listen to another episode of the Epic Experience Podcast, where we make education your business, interviewing the brightest and most influential minds in higher education today. My name is Dr. Joe Salustio. Her name is Elizabeth Liba. Oh my gosh, the, the trumpets, they're all off key. I have recently, if you if you were listening to each episode as we release, I've recently discovered the sound oh. effect buttons on my PodTrack P4. Um, Did you finally read the directions? Is that why you're using all these buttons now? Yeah. Liz, I, I have to tell you, that was almost a joke. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the amount of buttons i'm going to have oh, and i'm gonna have sound gosh. effects for everything one thing that i don't have a sound effect for is the gentleman sitting in front of me cheers who is about Yay. oh yeah let me hear it cheers sorry here, here he comes <laughs> his name is dr l and he is the chief information officer at coppin state university welcome dr l welcome sir thank you for having me yeah well you know what we're going to talk about today right no Oh, okay. Well, that's the way we like to keep it. <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't know anything. He didn't tell me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, set the stage for our listeners. If, if they haven't heard of Coppin State University before, which I find hard to believe because we interviewed the president of Coppin we State did. University, Dr. Anthony He Jenkins. was amazing. Exactly. But let's just say for a moment they didn't uh, or haven't heard of Coppin State University. Talk to us quickly about Coppin State and what you guys have going on there. The Coppin State the. University. That's yes. Right. It's a historically black institution in Baltimore on North Avenue been around 121 years we offer a lot of academic programs very good academic programs <clears throat> we have about 23 majors we have actually uh, a doctorate program uh, in nursing business social work criminal justice psychology and other areas it's a very uh, good university very excellent university mm -hmm. i love the mission and what did we do to our community Love it. Thank you for setting the stage for us. Um, Dr. L, you're the chief information officer, CTO, whatever. You're, you're basically overseeing all of the technology at Coppin State. Uh, institution um, visibility is so important with data right now. And yes. so many institutions that we talk to, you wouldn't believe the number of guests that we have on, where, where we hit the record button and we'll talk to them about data visibility and everything sounds sweet potatoes everybody's looking at data and then we actually close out the episode and liz and i will talk to them afterwards and they go hey you know what i actually don't have access to that data in that department you know marketing and enrollment data they don't that these these guys don't talk um you know student services isn't sending us the reports i don't even know that students have applied to the school or dropped out of the school until it's too late how important is data visibility? It's so important, but that's not Coppin's story. Right. Oh, yeah. Coppin State it's wasn't not. the ones. I'm saying yeah. it's common, though. Yeah, but it may be. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very interesting. I've been at Coppin 21 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love it. I love being that's at Coppin. Awesome. I was attracted yeah. to the mission and the impact on Baltimore. Coppin data story started 2005. Okay. Before even others know how to spell the word analytics. Okay. We realized the importance of it and we started there. And we started with the student system. Student information system? Yeah, we have the student information system. Yep. The analytics regarding students' enrollment, yep. courses, 
faculty, what we do, everything regarding students. We have dashboards. We work with a small company at the time. Her name, their name was iStrategy, which later on was consumed by Blackboard. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it was quite a journey. I bet. And we had Dr. Gregory, which now is the college, the, the dean of the College of Business. Yep. She was the provost. It was quite a synergy between IT and academic. Love it. Doing analytics to improve the student experience, what's happening, make decisions. And uh, it was a roller coaster. We have great successes, then we have some slow times. Mm -hmm. We have great successes, have some slow That's times. That's the way I feel about Liz. I have great successes, <laughs> she brings us slow times. I have great successes, she brings me back Where's down. that wah, 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 wah? Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay. So, so um, I have some deans, really. He, you, she used the data in what uh, we later on called it the Mythbuster series. I like it. Where right. people will have certain notions, certain perceptions that's not embedded in data. And she'll have her faculty and we are there and everyone. And she starts asking a question and people say, oh, it's this way. No, it's not. Let's look at the data. And it was really a very successful uh, way to bring everybody's attention to data and its importance. As I said, we have ups and downs. Then we have Dr. Thompson, who was the president of us, she adopted, it's very interesting what you just said, a data democratization philosophy. Data democratization. Dr. L, you got to help me. Democratization. <laughs> democratization, yes. Yeah. Policy, yeah. Yes. Democratize the yes. data. When we started uh, putting analytics out, we want to make sure that it's not about, it shouldn't be punitive. It should be guiding and directing decisions. Mm. So it shouldn't be punitive that I can go and say, oh, look at this faculty didn't do this, or look at this. Do no, it wasn't that way. From the get-go, we broke the silos between the colleges. We didn't want to have a dashboard for the nursing college where the other colleges can't see this data. The yes. students are so from one to the other. Mm -hmm. They move from this to that. So we broke all those silos. It was anybody can have access to the data anytime they want in any way they not want without those rigid silos between colleges, academic programs, and others. So when we adopted the data democratization, it was actually fascinating what happened. Everybody was talking about data, enrollment, other things you are interested in. And we created around, again, FERPA and stuff that you have to protect, who can drill down to get right. down to the record, who can see the aggregate data, we did all that, and it was very interesting. Here I'm walking to uh, the president's office, and one of our public safety officers in the car come down and talk to me and say, Dr. Khan, I looked into the dashboard <laughs> for enrollment. It looks like we are going up a little bit. <laughs> that, for me, was a great success. Yeah. That was, that was for me, was a great success. We're not going to have as many students around here. <laughs> yeah, so, I so, love it. Exactly. So uh, that tells you what this means when people adopt data and people really understand. It. And then the discussion, you want to have new staff. Well, let's look into the data. Well, I need to hire more a junk faculty. Well, let's look into the data. And it was really quite a nice discussion campus-wide, great adoption. And we still do that so far. I mean, in the cabinet, every time on, on Monday when we meet with Dr. Jenkins in the cabinet, data comes up. Show me the data, where we are, what's happening, where we are going. It's there. 
Shout out to Dr. Jenkins, by the way. I know he's listened to the podcast before. (laughs) He better listen again, Dr. L. I'll tell you. Shout out to Dr. Jenkins because he was so passionate when he came on. Yes, he's awesome. Uh, I remember leaving his episode feeling very energized about HBCUs and the education at Coppin State. Yes. And Liz, I know you have a lot of questions, but I want to ask. I'm going to ask any more. I'm going to let you go. No, I, I'm. Should I hit a button? No, I won't do that. You can do you. a cheering if you want. But right, I, right. I, you know, I I love this conversation. Just for you, Liz. <laughs> Just I, tell me the truth before you go. You want to know what the buttons do? No. I knew you're looking at them right now, and you want to press no, them. No, I, I don't want to do that. But... <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> but I want to talk to Doctor L because yes. I love this idea of data transparency. I love the yes. idea of the democratization of data because. I think that's a part of when you talk about the silos that really yes. resonated with me because it seems as though admissions is in their silo and academics is in their silo and financial aid is in their silo and faculty is in their own silo. So this idea of having more of a unified ability for everyone to, and like you said, drilling down into FERPA and the concerns mm-hmm. of who can have access to specific data, but across the board being able to create that narrative and that pitch, I think is really important. In terms of, because going back to uh, Dr. Jenkins, and he's so passionate about the HBCU, the importance of the HBCU and the mission, in terms of how you're able to use that data to be very prescriptive and nurturing of the particular students that you serve, how do you see that the data, what role does the data play in that? And what is your philosophy in terms of how you're able to navigate and mobilize the use of the data across campus, would you say? It's leadership. Mm. It's making it accessible. It's breaking the silos, as you said. Make it easy to use. One thing we decided to do. <clears throat> if it's not easy and friendly to use, nobody's going to use it. It's user true. experience, that's right? True. Thank you. User experience. That is true. And that's one, one of the driving factors. What should we use as our uh, presentation, visualization yeah. tool? Mm. It should be easy. It shouldn't be that difficult. Otherwise, nobody's going to use it. It should be meaningful. It should be relevant to what people are interested in and what decisions they are trying to make. That's what makes it, you know, people using it. That's how, and again, it's not punitive. We're not going to go and say, enrollment went down here, let's punish that. Or yeah. this didn't work in the classroom this way. It wasn't about that. Which increased the adoption. Right. And make people very comfortable in using it. One example, uh, well, you have a question. Go ahead. No, I was, I'm just, I'm absorbing everything you're saying because this is super fascinating to me. And I, I want you to get to your example as well. And maybe this will tie into your example. Well, can, can I jump in, Liz, and only say, <laughs> interrupt you because this is the second time. I only used my, my mulligan once today. But I do want to say yes. before, um, user experience yes. is so yes. fascinating. Yes. Because it's not about what we or you, Dr. L, think yes. a user is the user experience should be Liz and I were talking today and I have an iPhone and she has an Android. <laughs> I wait, I go. think the iPhone is much easier to use. Uh-oh. Oh boy. And she thought the Android was much easier. That's a long debate. So, yeah, but the I point find is it very hard. you have to design for everyone. And so not it's all of us have different capability. That's the hard mm-hmm. part about user experience is that we all have different capabilities, mm-hmm. expectations. That's what makes your job so hard and the job of a technology officer, Liz. And I, I want uh, maybe Dr. L can help to 
illuminate this a little bit in terms of the anthology tools, because I know that you're a great adopter of some of the tools, software, the platform and things that you're able to utilize on your campus. Yes. And I, I definitely want you to get to your example. But how have you found the tools where at the anthology conference and we're talking about all these different softwares and, and tools that can be used? How have those tools helped make your job easier or help your users on campus analyze that data? Great question. Again, it's all about data. Yeah. For example, <clears throat> we looked into the NISI surveys, surveys that actually measure student satisfactions mm. and how they feel about what we are doing and their experience at Coppin and how that compared to other uh, regional campuses we have. We were not doing well. We knew there's something missing in, in the student's experience. The data told us that. And that's where we start thinking, okay, we need to improve that. We need really to work on the experience. But this time is going to be about the students mm -hmm. and what the experience should be. We knew the data told us something that we're not doing as well as others. And we need to improve that. The data always tells a story, doesn't yeah. it? Exactly. Yeah. It's about the story, about interpreting the story. So that's how our relationship with anthology started. By realizing this, <clears throat> we started doing a lot of campus discussions, student focus groups, what's happening what's going on talk to us and we actually uh, bring people from outside so students can actually feel comfortable it was a company at the time called accelerate and uh, mm -hmm. they led all those discussions and we start doing student journeys and personas and all those discussions mm. but here is the fascinating part out of this i have a, the, i always use this slide it's a slide that tell us what the students said and if they repeat it more than once you know the wordpress slides and in the middle was communication. The biggest thing was communication. Mm. The second was guidance. Mm -hmm. Third was personalization. Oh, wow. Yes. And, and advising. And all these issues start hitting us and saying, hey, data is telling us what? Based on what the student's saying, we need to improve all the above, including communication at the middle of all that. So we start coming up with our vision for the student's experience, revamping at Coppin, reinventing the student experience. And that's when we actually, uh, after exploring the market, we settled on anthology. And we implemented apply and we implement, implementing succeed, which is all about communication and it's yep. all about touching the students. Our students need a lot of touches. Mm -hmm. Our students first generation. They are very capable, but there is no one who can tell them what the journey should look like except us. Yeah. And we need to touch them. We need to nudge them. And the touch should be more than frequent, more relevant to where they are based on our understanding of their personal challenges. That's where the personalization comes in. Now, if you think about how can you do this really with human beings, it means that I have to hire an army of, of, of mentors and oh, counselors. Yeah. <laughs> technology, exact, technology can scale up. Artificial intelligence can come in and help us with finding the right time, the right way, the right message to nudge the students, uh, you know, where to go. Then we looked into part of the portfolio was why the students go to college. Many of them want to get a job. Right. ROI. Money. Return on investment. <laughs> exactly. Yes, so Anthology has this product called Occupation Insight, which is workforce analytics, which actually analyze the market and tell us again there, analytics. Where, where are the jobs? What are the jobs? What uh, it looks into all this advertising going on across the whole nation, getting this data 
and telling us who's advertising for accounting. What skills are they looking for based on their ads? So I'm an accountant. What are the skills these companies advertising that they need? Right. Soft skills, software skills, whatever other. So we use this unbelievable, wonderful tool. We uh, partner with the College of Business mm -hmm. under the leadership of Dr. Gregory. And the faculty there did an amazing job. So they start looking to their own curriculum and looking to how this curriculum cover all those skills and does it cover... I turned off Dr. L. That's the, apparently, I, I did I turn him off? Yes. Uh, Dr. L, do I have you back now? Uh, I can hear you. Okay. Yes, you well, yeah, I, I, I was trying to t turn Liz <laughs> off and I turned you off. So okay. I'm going to give myself, give yourself uh, a I'm going to give myself wah. this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good job. That doesn't happen often, but I'm going to let it happen today. Yeah. Okay. Dr. L, sorry Dr. to interrupt L you. Dr. L will tutor you afterwards on technology and how to properly use. <laughs> I was going to say, he is a, a yeah. CIO. He yeah. can show he, me how to better use He can definitely give you some pointers on that. Yeah. Oh, but uh, Dr. L, I was, so it was a good time for me to interrupt you. Because yes, I, that's okay. I, I have a the, the question about uh, the first gen students, uh, mm -hmm. students from students that are attending historically uh, black colleges and universities. Many of them uh, of these black students are looking for an environment where they can really fit in. Um, it's a different type of learning experience than if you attend a university with uh, that's large. They're looking for a more personalized yes. experience. But at the same time, especially many of them being first gen students, they do take a little bit more uh, uh, there is a little bit more support that needs to be provided. True. How do you use the data to be prescriptive and not descriptive? And does that question make any sense? Because does that question make any <laughs> Dr. sense? Dr. L, I, I'm seeing I him out my... of my peripheral vision, and he, I just saw his head cocked to the side like, what are you talking I about? I wrote a qualitative uh, dissertation, not a quantitative dissertation. So if that didn't make any sense, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Prescriptive. Well, there is a lot of data you can get in campus that can actually <clears throat> let us understand more about the students. Different signals can come from different systems on the campus that they are using. Believe it or not, Wi-Fi data can help us understand the students. We have mm. tons of Wi-Fi. Okay, now we're talking. This is something we <laughs> yeah. have not ever talked we about. We have never talked about this. Okay, Wi-Fi data. Why is that helpful? <laughs> because it tells me. Are they connected? Are they not? Where they are connected? What are they doing? Huh. Yeah. This can help us send different signals. Yeah. And, and we're working on some project later on. You may, you may know about it maybe in some months. You are not going to give no, us the exclusive I'm not gonna, here in the no, not now. podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't let, he's not going to get in trouble with Dr. Jenkins no, for you. Exactly. What do you have to say about that? No, no, no comment? Is that your answer? No, no. no comment. No comment. No, I mean, looking into, there's a lot of signals can help us understand the mindset of the students. Mm -hmm. Mindset transcends between gender, ethnic, yeah. doesn't matter what your color is, your gender is, whatever it is, the mindset is a mindset that can actually impact your behavior. Hmm. And if we understand the mindset, we can actually help nudging you and use prescriptive analytics to actually prescribe a path for you to go forward. And Dr. that's what we're working on. Dr. L, where <laughs> are you from originally? Where are you from originally? You've got a great accent. We want to know where you're from. I am from Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Egypt. I love this. And I love your insights. And I love how passionate you are about the students. I love how happy he is. He, how happy you are. And you've been at Compass you be for to be 20 a CIO. years. And 
I love that the everyone that we've met or talked to from Coppin State is so invested in the success of the college and the for success real. of the students. Yes. There's such a passion for ensuring that the students have an amazing experience and everyone is so excited about that. And that is something that you you can't like manufacture that. Yep. We can feel that coming from you that you really are passionate about making sure that you do your part in making sure these students are successful. And I really admire that. Thank you. That's you know what the most beautiful thing is, Liz? Over the last 18 months, we went from having conversations, we didn't, but higher education went from having conversations about the downfall and potential elimination of HBCUs mm -hmm. because of, of a lack of viability yeah. to a complete resurgence Absolutely. of the HBCU <laughs> and right. it's, it's, um, and their value to our society and to the, the black community. That's and right. That's yes. been a really welcome, amazing change in the dialogue around higher ed. And I love that. And I'm, I'm so glad that we have seen that evolution and development because I think I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution, but I knew so many people um, growing up in a black neighborhood in South Florida that went to HBCUs. And I love the mission of the HBCU. And I love how passionate yes. your leader, uh, Dr. Jenkins, is about the HBCU and how integral it is to the success of just the black community and these students that I think he talked about speaking life into the students, this whole idea of creating an environment he where did. students can succeed. And I love that you're using the data to give you insight into just exactly how you can do that in new and innovative ways. So yeah, kudos to you guys. I, you. I really, I don't think I've said that much um, even over the course of the past year, but kudos to you guys. It's been for real They've level been of commitment. It's just it's something that's really refreshing to see just that level of just motivation and, and excitement and commitment to the students. Dr. L, what do you hope to take away from the Anthology Together Conference to take back to Coppin State, to take back to the leadership team? What do you want to leave here with? A lot. But let me. <laughs> 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 I mean, the keynote today in the morning, I don't forget. Amazing. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish I can bring all Coppin here or bring the keynote to Coppin. It's right. just amazing. Yeah. And what you feel about that and how you can break all those. I mean, it's just amazing. It gives you a feeling we can do, still do more. I mean, we're doing right. a lot. We still can do more. Right. Now, on the technology side, I mean, I looked into their uh, reach uh, roadmap. I already picked up several ideas. Here is what we can do. Start talking to actually some of the anthology consultants. I have awesome. one of my team here, my uh, system admin. His name is Ashish. You already start talking to some of them. How we can do this? Let's sit down even 15 minutes and bring this up. So it's a lot of ideas going on. <clears throat> like uh, they wanted somebody as a guinea pig. And we like to do that at Coppin, by the way. Like we it. are very innovative. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> About I, I test out all my uh, all these buttons on my uh, co-host. Of... <laughs> She's rolling her eyes. She's rolling her eyes. for that joke. She's rolling her eyes, which means but I've accomplished my mission. awesome that you're already picking things up yes. and thinking about ways that you can take your software that you've adopted yes. and what can you do to take it to the nev next level. Yes. I try to do that with Joe. I try to bring him to the next level, <laughs> but it never works. So the fact that you have been able to in the time that you've been, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> you've been here yeah. to be able to already pick up some, uh, yes. some little strategies and tips different things that you can bring back to your campus. I think that's worth the price of admission, being able to come here and actually get some strategies that you can go right back 
to your home yes. campus and implement right away. That's awesome. And yes. gold. You know, That's we it. are four here coming from Cotton. We awesome. have Dr. Freeman, who is the VP for Enrollment Management and Student Affairs. Oh. Awesome. Yes. We have Dr. Gregory. She's the, the College of Business Dean. Awesome. Myself. And we have Ashish, who is a developer. That's and awesome. we sit down and we see the session start thinking. What's the next step? What can we do? That's awesome. What else can next. we do? Exactly. What comes next? And it's beautiful. We see it actually yesterday well, on a cup of tea after the uh, event, about three hours of discussion. A cup of tea, <laughs> Dr. L. A cup of tea. Really, a cup of oil, a cup of tea, and a cup of coffee. That's <laughs> right. That is beer, awesome. maybe. Uh, no, Dr. L did not partake in a beer. That was you. Yeah. You can't be a dad. You can't be all over the data. That was me. <laughs> And exactly. This. I mean, we're thinking about what you hear, what you how we can apply that, how we can bring it up, how we can innovate more. We, it's just a great experience. Ladies and gentlemen, That's awesome. this has been another very successful, I would say, episode of the Edip Experience podcast with now one of my new favorite people on yes, planet Earth. Yes, Dr. L is like <laughs> my, my hero. Dr. Today. L is now one of my best friends. He, he doesn't is. know it yet, but I'm going to be stalking him by email for yeah, advice. he's your best friend I, I'm going to ask him how I can make these buttons speak <laughs> yeah, please with his get voice some, and yeah, tell me how great I am. Get some coaching on how to get some technology. Uh, his name is Dr. L, ladies and gentlemen. He's the Chief Information Officer at Coppin State University. Big shout out to Coppin State doing great things. Dr. L, thank you for joining us today in the experience. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. I had fun. Thanks a lot.